You ready for part three of the Draft Champions podcast with Dave, Jake, Joe, and Graham? You ready to find out how Dave navigates injury risk? Is he going to be drafting DeGrom, McCullers, Rodon, or Kershaw? Find out. Do you want to talk about John L., big Johnny Stud, MLB moving average? How he drafted three closers in the first five rounds of a DC? We're going we're gonna to pick that apart, the five of us. Do you want to hear about that? Do you want to hear about PRP? We talk about PRP. Do you want to hear if Dr. Dave knows what an ACL is? Do you want to hear if Dr. Dave knows the four ligaments in your leg? Does he know that as a doctor? Find out. Do you want to review what do you want to review the battle of the podcast? Do you want to hear about that? Want to hear us rip on everyone else everyone else? Want to hear us tear apart our friends' teams? You'll hear that. And then um, you want to hear about um, Jake's mock draft? Well, it's not really a mock draft. He's doing a Razball, beat Razball DC, but it's basically a mock draft that he gets paid for. You want to hear about that? We talk about that a bit. Also, lastly, well, it's probably about an hour in, but Joe gives away his next year's Cedric Mullins. And we don't bleep it out. I don't think there's any bleeping in this episode. So this is the last installment until next week without these same people. So enjoy and um, please subscribe to the Draft Champions Patreon. Much appreciated. Dave, your general approach to risk, because you're Dr. Dave, everyone knows that. Um, <laughs> now, I don't, know, I don't know how you feel about being called Dr. Dave, but um, that's what we're gonna say right now. Um, now you, in, I think there's a perception that you are just generally risk averse against all injuries. Now, how do you differentiate that risk assessment? Like, you can't just say like all previously injured players are risky. Like, how, like, no. what, I think there's, I'm, I'm not saying that's what I view it, but I think there's that, right. that perception from some people. So, I wanna, yeah, let's clear the air. Yeah, I, well, we've we talked about this on, on other places, but yeah, it still gets misperceived as that. It's it's not it's not like don't draft anybody who's ever had like a cough or anything. Like I've heard stuff like that. It's like no guys, uh, you know, if uh, if a guy has had three shoulder injuries in three years, I'm probably and it's a pitcher and it's his throwing arm. I'm probably avoiding him. Like there's just you've been when you've been playing as long as we have, we've kind of seen how these injuries go, and there's certain things like arm injuries with pitchers and, and some injuries are more of a risk than others. And it's not just the injury. You have to look into it too. So like I, I do a ton of, of research on this stuff. And if I don't know where I stand on someone, I, I ask doctors, you know, I, I talked to Dr. Jesse Morris, or I talked to Nick, um, what's his name? Nick Savali, uh, Aaron Savali's brother, who's also a doctor. You know, I, I ask people questions about things that I don't know, but you know, Jake and I've been, we, we talk about how back in the day we, there wasn't stat cast, there wasn't fan graphs. There wasn't any of this stuff 20 years ago. So the way that we got our edge was our risk assessment and roster construction and strategy. And those were what we used to become good players. And now we're adding the becoming actually better, you know, player evaluators on top of it. So I don't take huge risks early in drafts, but not all risks are the same, you know, like, Jacob deGrom's risk is not the same as Zach Gallon's risk. You know, like Zach Gallon is a slight risk, but not to the degree that Jacob deGrom is a risk. But Jacob deGrom obviously has a lot more upside. But I don't need to win a draft in the second or first or second round. So 
I'm I'm okay just not playing with Degrom. If he if he miraculous, I mean, he's gonna miss time this year. I'll tell you that again. I said this last year, saying it again. He's definitely missing time this year. It's a question of is it gonna be you know a couple starts or is it gonna be half the season again or is it gonna be possibly the whole season? I have no idea. I look at range of outcomes. I look at is there a possibility that he's going to miss significant time? Is it that they're going to miss, you know, maybe a couple starts and, you know, there's, there's difference between guys who are injured now, which I think DeGrom is. And then there's guys who have an injury past, you know, like you look at you Darvish um, significant track record of injuries. Do I think he's going to miss time next year? Yes. Um, I really liked him in the short season because I was like, you know, a lot of the times he gets, he gets injured as the season progresses because that's just what he does. Like he, he can't pitch a full season. Um, so I was like, but in the short season, he can stay healthy for like, you know, 12 starts or whatever. Um, but you know, I'm not looking to take those huge risks of guys who are, why start the year with a guy who's already injured? Uh, you're going to have to deal with COVID. You're going to have to deal with injuries that come up at like the just new injuries that pop up. Why start with a guy in the first couple rounds? I don't, that's not where I take my risks. I take my risks later. I take, uh, you know, we're talking about Tanner Houck. Is this playing time? You know, there's other risks besides just health. There's also playing time risks. There's skills risks. Um, Houck is a playing time risk, but I would much rather take that in the 12th round than a massive injury risk like Grum, who could end up missing the whole season. So it's it's a very complex thing where I'm, I'm looking at, are they currently injured? How ba- How concerning is the injury? You know, I don't care about, as much about like an oblique injury last year or something. I care about arm injuries and shoulder injuries and elbow injuries for pitchers a lot. Those are something that I take into consideration a lot. Um, Hitters, if they have constantly have hamstring injuries, that's concerning to me, especially if they use their legs to run a lot as part of their fantasy game. So there's a lot that goes into this and to simplify it and just say like, I never take any risks ever is completely false. Um, There's always a time and a place it depends on your roster build. You know, I'm not going to take two third basemen. I'm not going to take Josh Donaldson and then another, I can't think offhand, but I'm not going to take another third baseman who has a massive injury risk too. If I take one guy who's a big injury risk, I'm going to take another guy to balance him out who I can depend on uh, for, to put in when, when Donaldson goes down stuff like that. It's about constructing a cohesive roster that makes sense. I'm not going to take, you know, four starters in a row who all have big injury risk. Uh, like we saw one of our friends do in the Battle of the Pods draft. So, you know, like you have what to. There? <laughs> we can get into the Battle of the Pods after. Yeah. Uh, well, well, someone started with Bieber, Flaherty, Gallon, uh, Pablo Lopez, Zach, Lance McCullers. I mean, like that is absolute sure. insanity. Uh, and he got Oh, later and Cindergard, like you can't do that. You can have like maybe I was gonna make him a category in Jeopardy. I forgot. Like you can have maybe one or two of those guys. You can't have seven like that that in a DC, which is a war of attrition in terms of playing time anyway. Or obviously that's horrific, but we don't it's horrific in any league, but especially in the DC. But the one thing I've never heard um anyone follow up with you on 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 that is that you obviously want to help people when, when you talk about the injury risks. And I believe I do. you, um, do you ever, but I, I've never heard anyone press you on the fact that um, avoiding these players really narrows the, narrows the player pool down. So how mm-hmm. would you help a novice player um, after you've told him to avoid all these injury risks to, to work? How, how does a novice player work with such a narrower player pool? 
they're they're limited, right? In terms of what they can what what they can draft. Yeah, it narrows their focus down to guys that they should be looking at. Like instead of worrying about like if you think that these other guys are too big of risks, that really narrows down who you're looking at. And then you can say, okay, I really like you know these couple of guys. So um, like in the first couple of rounds, like like Degrom, I agree. I'm not touching Degrom. You've mentioned Flaherty. Right. You've mentioned Bieber. Yeah. Um, who else is there? There's got to be others, right? Um. um in the first three rounds, I think those are those are pretty much the only guys that are hard like avoids for me. Jake is uh, more conservative than I am. I just get all the shit because Jake doesn't really talk too much about Jake, it. Like, who, else, who else are you avoiding in the first couple of rounds? In that range? Uh, first, like, yeah, like the first three rounds or four rounds. I'm saying for six because Flaherty's like in the sixth round. Like okay. I don't know. I don't know that Jake is in on sale like I am. Uh, I, I just drafted sale. So oh, okay. I guess you are. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You complained nonstop about Cease last year, so I almost no. I mean that that has nothing. But no, Cease's talent is there, and last year showed that the next step forward could be eminent. So I, I have no problem taking Cease. Uh, Logan Webb is a guy. I don't think you're in on Logan Webb is a guy that I'm probably not drafting at his current cost. I don't think the skills match the uh, match the price right now. Uh, yeah. That could change, but I, I have a feeling he's going just. What do you think about what do you think about Beeler and uh, what happened with his? Skills I, I, last I year? still have to dive more into that. I haven't drafted him since I took him in my first yeah. one, and I got I got to look more at John's research about that because I, mean, I would definitely take Scherzer and Wheeler over him. I'll say that and Woodruff. Uh, I since then I've taken Woodruff over him, and I think I took Wheeler over him as well. Okay. Why, so why would you ever draft camp. Scherzer in a draft? I don't what see was it. that? Why would you ever draft Scherzer in a draft? He's what, 37, 38. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know how I feel about been that. Breaking down at the end of the last two seasons, even the, the short season when they won the World Series. Um, yeah. I think it was them, right? They won the World Series in 2020. Yeah. I think the Dodgers did. So won, but or was it he wasn't on the Dodgers. Sorry, 20, then. 2019. Sorry. He won, he, he, was, he won the World Series yeah. in 2019. His neck, he couldn't even pitch. And then 2020, he was okay. And then again, he was breaking down at the end of this year. Like, was he? What did he? What happened at the end of this year? I haven't really looked he, into it too much because I'm not in the playoffs. In he was missing. He was missing starts. He couldn't pitch. He couldn't pitch. He uh, dead arm. Yeah. Okay. They pushed him back in the World Series, was it? Anyways, um, what like what's what's really like the difference in the upside between Scherzer and Woodruff and Wheeler and Bueller? that's fair. I, I, I don't. I, I, I no Scherzer just because he's fucking old. We're 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 oh. late. I'm a late drafter, so I I haven't really gotten that much into it because he's not really been a guy that i'm targeting it matter, right? like it doesn't matter if it's march 31st and he's healthy he's still 37 years old and he's had a uh, track record of not really making it through seasons like just because he's been dead arm dead neck a lot like in the playoffs doesn't mean that he's like his dead arm is going to come in the playoffs this year it could come anytime yeah i i got i got a question but i also want to butt in about bueller i've heard people um not just Bueller, but in general, talk about spin rates being down. I do want to remind people that if your velo's down, your spin rate's going to be down no matter what. So I would look at, I don't know if it's perfect, but I would look at the Bauer units, which is just spin rate divided by velo. And I'll give to you a, that out for sure. The Bauer, we can't say that. Word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. SEO is not going to like that one. Curlin, Curlin's not going to allow that. He's wait, he's back on staff. Well, his, 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 um, his handbook says so. We have to until we until we oh, change okay. that until we change the bylaws. We can't really do got that. it. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I would just look at that instead of just overall spin because if your velo's down, then you know 
your spin rate's going to be down unless yeah. you are using substances. Also, a guy I have a question for Dave about injury yeah. risk, Shohei Otani, what do you think? Hmm. You know, it's another one of those situations where I, I you're, you're speaking as a pitcher. Um, just in general, drafting him. Because um, I feel like he, I mean, he has an injury risk wouldn't we say i mean he's not even a guy that i've considered drafting i'm never going to start with a utility only player i mean he's a fine he's a fine obviously he's 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 a superstar but that's not how i build my rosters i'm never going to start with him uh unless we're talking about like a best ball or or some league where where he you know because he can be count as both a hitter and a pitcher Uh, he would make sense there, but in a roto league, I, I just I'm not even really considering him. So um, I, I really don't even know uh, what his injury risk history is. I know he had Tommy John or whatever, or what did he have a couple of years ago? Right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's fine. You can come back from it and be fine two years later. But I don't know what else uh, his injuries have been because I really haven't. I've never drafted him just the extra strain of hitting and running in addition to throwing every fifth or sixth day. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest in NFPC. I don't even think of him as a pitcher because the majority of the time you're not going to use him as a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so he's like totally off my board just because yeah, of, he's like he's, Dave said, you off till only. Yeah. I'm not doing that in the first, you know, 10 rounds really. All right. So um, let's talk about just uh, roster construction a little bit. Like, um, where where do you guys where are you guys Jake and Dave? Um, I'll have to throw it to you, Jake, first. Um, where are you targeting your relief pitchers? I've seen a couple of drafts you've been in, and it looks like you're basically early ish. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of along the line of the group think this year. Um, the the negative connotation that comes with that, whatever. Um, I I like the certain in a DC where you know we have eight settled, settled closing roles. I want one of those eight guys and. There was one DC where I ended up taking two just because the sixth round, you know, kind of didn't break the way I liked. So I just took a second one. So are you uh, so not counting Jansen then? I am not counting Jansen. Not that I don't think Jansen will get a role wherever he closes. I have more concerns about Jansen health wise, age wise, that kind of thing. Um, All right. Before, before we get into the next like part of this, I wanted to, this not, this wasn't on the agenda, but we did um, talk about this in our group chat. John L John Legazer brought it up. He went I don't know if he, um, I don't know if he's going to care that we say this, but fuck it. Who cares? Um, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 the, that's the new mindset. We can just, we, we can just dox anyone we want in terms of their boards. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, so he drafted three closers in the first five rounds, I think it was. Yeah. And yeah. he was saying that it's an overall play. Um, and you heard what, you heard what I responded to that. Uh, I responded to that by saying that, I don't really, I, I thought about it and like, I've always tried to think of ways to get an edge in these DCs that are unique, but like, what's the point of that? Because he took it. I think he took a glacius Chapman Jansen, right? Yeah. And it's then, such, it's such he, diminishing returns. Like yeah. what, what, what possible value does Jansen add at that point? Well, it, it, my thing was like, if you take a glacius in, in um, Chapman, there's going to be like another, like hundred teams with that same bill. Like or yeah. like, give or take those you, like, same same family of relief pitchers, yeah. and then somebody yeah. else is not going to have Jansen. They're going to have an, a stud hitter or pitcher there, and they're going to hit yeah. on like another like an, an Alex Reyes from last year. Or they're going to hit on right. Boxberger. They're going to hit on Kennedy. They're going to hit on 
they, they've already hit on Knebel in round like 30 before he got signed by the Phillies. Like who knows, right? So yeah, you're, I agree with you. And it's kind of not fair to have him on the, like to, 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 to defend himself, but right. forget about like, forget about John, just talk about the theory in general. Uh, Dave, do you have any thoughts on it? I just don't, I don't understand it at all. I mean, like I, I, I thought about it too. Like, like you said, you know, I like to, you know, give, give, give some thought to things that I, I haven't thought about before, but this is, this is one of those things where the whole reason you're taking those closers early is to free yourself up to take value later while other people are taking shitty closers. You're now taking good starters, good hitters, etc. And like, it doesn't matter if you win saves by one or 31, like it, it's the same, it's the same score. Like, I don't see how he's adding value with Jansen because the whole point of taking two established closers early is now you're done. Like you're good on saves. Like you can take a, a guy or two later, like when you're taking some relievers uh, for your team and, and take some spec guys that you think could get you saves down the road. If you, you know, if one of your guys gets hurt or whatever, but there's just no reason to do that. I just, I just, I can't see how that makes any sense. Right. Yeah. Along, along the same lines. Uh, I mean, I get, wanting to feel warm and cuddly and safe and all that. And if one of your closers gets injured, you have two still, but uh, you're honestly in a 15 team league, you're really not going to want to start three relievers all of the time. So right off the bat, you're going to be not starting your sixth round pick, you know, a third of the season, if not more. And like Dave said, there is no reason to try to win saves by more than one or two. Uh, even in the overall, like it, it's a bell curve, you know, you're, you're only going to gain a couple more points in the stand, the overall standings by having uh, that additional 10 saves over the majority of the field. You're, you, you, you very, you, you gain very little in the top 10% and it takes right. a while to move up a couple points. So yep. yeah, you, you want to get those, you want to get the two fine. I did that in one league. Like I said, it, it fell that way and I did it. Um, but adding that third one, you're, you're also reducing your strikeouts by a little bit. You might be increasing your ratios by a hair, but you might not. Um, I think there's a, and it also, you know, doesn't free you up to play as many of those, uh, quality starting streams that you have on that 50 man roster that you built. So yeah, you're, you're going to find yourself benching your third closer too much to even make that remotely worth it. In my opinion, it's, it's, it, and you're like Dave also said, you're missing out on taking a you know, a, a Tyler Rogers or somebody of that ilk in that range. And that, that could have done more for you in the long run. Yep. So this is, this is the counterpoint, you know, John does the counterpoints. John's, counterpoint. John's coming back. John's coming yep. back. All right. So sounds like Mondesi, right? Where you take, you take Mondesi because he's getting you 50 steals, but then you're worried about him getting hurt. So you have yep. to draft another like. So then you back steals. him up with someone which completely defeats the whole purpose of. So Mondesi then, so now I win steals, but like now I have, you know, yep. 130 steals, but I only need 111 to win. Yep. This is the Mondesi problem. I, I, I've uh, written most of an article on that. So yeah, I, I, it's, that's the classic thing. It's like you take him because he, can help you win steals pretty much on his own. But if something happens to him, you literally cannot replace him and you're totally fucked. So he's such a difficult person to draft. Yeah. And my, just to circle back to my point is this is for overall, the purpose of this is to win an overall, but in an overall contest, you're sure. against so many other teams with very 
similar builds, like it's inevitable. So I just don't, I just, yeah, I think you're sort of shooting yourself in the foot, but I look forward to John's counterpoint, which I love those yep. episodes. So I know yep, I, yep. I apologize that he's not really here to defend himself, but um, I think I thought it was an interesting topic of conversation and something I thought about. Um, yeah. just shift, shift well, John, little... John knows we love him and, and he's, he's a, Absolutely. he's a great, he's a great analyst. Um, I, I'm interested to hear what he has to say too, but I, I'm having a very difficult time figuring out what it's going to be. And it looks like it was a one-off for him oh, for to sure. be fair. I mean, it's yeah. not like this. Obviously it was strategy. like he fell and he did, he was like, he's too good not to take. I think that's what happened. Yeah. I think so, sometimes it's psychological because like you reach on closers, you take uh, a closer in round three, round four, because you expect the closer run to happen. And then it yeah. doesn't happen. You're like, well, fuck these guys. I'm going to screw them <laughs> over. Um, but you really. It sounds time. like Justin. <laughs> yeah. I listen to your guys' podcast. <laughs> just taking people to because you know, honestly, like I, I kind of do that sometimes too. But not, do you? Not, really? Well, like if somebody snipes me, I'm like, okay, I'll look at the players they like. But I do that anyway. So um, I, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make my team suboptimal. But I'll actually, I don't even care if they snipe me or not. I'm looking to steal players from other teams because I know they're not. If, if I know they're not going to come back, and it's sort of a tiebreaker for me. Okay. All right. Um, just shifting over to the Fab leagues, like um, one question on Fab. I know we're talking about DCs a lot, but like, are there like thinking ahead to Fab this year? Are there certain uh, positions that are easier to fill? Like, what what position are you sort of like willing to be weakened, like leaving the draft? Weakened. Um, I mean, for Fab leagues, it's starting pitching and outfielders for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, not not like I'm not gonna draft the majority of them good ones, but that's the position that comes up the most in fab. So you're going to have the most opportunities to rotate guys in and out. And, and as we've seen in, in year, the last couple of years, streaming hitters in a, is an extremely advantageous strategy. So drafting guys at the back end of your rotation, the back end of your outfield stable uh, that you're not so attached to that you're not going to be able to drop is a, a great way to gain an advantage because you can rotate those guys in without, uh, without too much remorse. All right, so let's let's look at let's look, let's talk about auctions. I want to talk to Jake specifically. Um, you are a former overall auction winner. The big. So are you? Well, you won the big one. Um, what was that back? Twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen? Nineteen. That was nineteen. Yeah. Nineteen. That's right. They're yeah. both small. <laughs> yours was probably was yeah no yours was what one twenty. Mine? No, Zach's. <laughs> one twenty. Yours. Yours was yours was like seventy five. Seventy five. Yeah. <laughs> no, mine was like five hundred teams. Oh, the online was that big. Wow. Yeah. I just meant the uh, dollar amount. Anyway, oh, that's way so bigger like, than mine. We talked about this a little bit on Mike Simeone's podcast today. I, I did. And uh, just talking about like um, it, it's how, how auctions are a lot different than snake drafts because you have to fill out um, the 23 rounds of auction and you have to fill out all of the positions. So that's 345 players and you're taking two catchers. So normally not 24 catchers don't go within the first 345 picks. And you have, and each team has nine pitchers to, to draft. So that's 135 pitchers, but a lot of those are relief pitchers. Relief pitchers do go heavy in these, um, in the auction rounds. So you'll see a lot of, a lot of good pitchers fall into the reserve rounds. So my, my first question for you, Jake, is um, what's your composition of starter versus reliever in those nine, nine pitchers? I try to come out with two closers in such a way that I'm comfortable having seven starters. Uh, cause I, I mean, like anybody, I like a ton of starters, uh, in a variety of ranges. So I like to keep 
that open as much as I can to add that seventh. Uh, cause you know, they're, they're guys you get attached to, uh, and guys you really believe in. So I, I don't want to have to feel like I need to bolster that bullpen by wasting a ninth spot or a third spot on a half closer. So I want to have two guys that I feel good enough that I can wait till the reserve rounds to take a stab. I like to have two and a half when I'm done with the whole draft, but I like to save that half for the reserve rounds if I can. And there usually are a few that make it that long. So what happened to me in the one, the one where I won the overall, I drafted four relievers in the first nine picks, four. And I, I remember I sent, it to the, I sent it to the group chat and you guys were sort of laughing about it. I drafted Rosenthal, Rafael Montero, Emilio Pagan, and Ryan Presley. So only one of those four worked out. I did end up getting Alex Reyes in the reserve rounds. So that was basically yep. my two, but it's basically yep. uh, like, it's, it's not easy to pick out the closers as we found out from Emilio Pagan and all the yep. other guys. So it's, I, I think it's kind of like a numbers game um, in terms of, I, I'm probably going to be targeting like three relievers um, depending how strong my first two are, but I think they're going to be expensive and I think they're going to, going to shift. Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to, yeah. I think they're, it's also going to shift the market price for all the other positions because I think you saw Hader Hendricks go 22, 24 bucks last year. I think those guys are going to be like, you're going to see in some auctions, those guys go over $30. Depends on when you're doing it. I mean, if you're doing your online auctions, like, like you're want to do, I think that's true. Uh, hopefully by the time I go to Vegas the week before the season, we have a lot more clarity and th those relievers don't tend to be pushed up in the Vegas auctions last year. They certainly weren't. Um, I got Presley for an extremely affordable price. I think I only paid like 14 bucks for him in my auction in Vegas. And he was a, you know, a top 12 closer last year. Right. Uh, so I'm hopeful that that is not the case. I, I don't want to be precluded from buying two relievers that I like. So, um, if, yeah, if I'm faced with your situation and I'm, when did you draft that? The overall one? Um, I think in March, I, I, yeah. not early I, March. I don't remember. I think one of them, one of them was early March. One of them was a bit later. Um, can't really be sure. I think one of them is really close to the season starting. So, I mean, you did get, uh, you got Pagan who we thought was the, maybe the guy because of the beat writers, but we didn't know Montero. We knew is extremely shaky. Um, who else did you say? Well, you had Presley and you also had, Oh, Rosenthal. Rosenthal. Yeah. So yeah that you had two guys on. that you had two guys that had definite roles. We didn't know what the hell was going on with Rosenthal though. That came out like right after we drafted, I drafted him in my main in Vegas begrudgingly because I was missing out on closers and I didn't even want them. And we know how that turned out. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess, uh, I don't know what, what made you want to take uh, Pagan and Montero after, or I guess maybe that wasn't the order they came out. Uh, I forget do you remember? The order, but um, I wanted to, I, I, as you know, I liked Rosenthal. I had him in both my main events last year, which was yeah. unfortunate. <laughs> and I had him in the, I had him in the overall auction, which I won. So Mm -hmm. I, that was one of the things that was one of the things that like nothing, nothing really bugs me too much in fantasy, but that was, that really put me in a bad mood after having on so many teams and, and yeah. before they even start the season, it just like, you just yep. started so behind that kind of stuff. Yep. But um, so I'll tell you, I remember Montero, I got him by accident or well, not by accident. I was bidding on him. I think I got him for $4 and I didn't even want him, but I was just, I just bid $4. I figured it was, I figured somebody would go higher because that, mm -hmm. that, that's mm -hmm. what he was going for. I got stuck. I sort of got stuck with him which was an intentional and then Cressley and Rosenthal I wanted and then Pagan was um, again I think another affordable price um, uh, as someone that was sort of a backup for me and I like Pagan so um, 
Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I think I was aiming for three, and then Montero was sort of a, a hand in your cookie, hand in the cookie jar type thing. Yeah, that's but, fair. Um, it's not the way I like to do it, but I can see why it made sense for you. I mean, the no. the Montero thing, you know, you don't. Sometimes that happens to you. you Obviously, you, I got lucky winning it then because I screwed up and I just uh, well, any, yeah. yeah, it didn't it didn't work out anyways. So. I mean, what a dual Madani won in nineteen in the in the. Uh, the main and he fucked up both of his closers i don't remember who they were but right. i mean he had to get them all off of waivers and he still pulled out an overall so it certainly can be done um are you stars and scrubs i think i've heard you talk about it no I think you're, you're like, no i hate you're that basically do you would you would you pay for a trade turner this year uh no no as much as i love trade turner no it uh um not my strategy uh i i like to keep my top bids in the mid thirties at the most. Um, so I can add an extra guy in the second, third round range or two, if I can sneak it in. Uh, now, so I do, I do take a, a good amount of cheaper shots, but I don't like them to be, I don't like to have five slots to fill and have six bucks. That's, that's shooting yourself in the foot because there's so many guys that are going to get thrown out in between your offerings that you want and you can't have because you don't have an extra dollar. So I don't like to put myself in the position. And I think when I tend to go in those $40 ranges in my head, I tend to screw myself out of guys on the back end that I really want. I, I hate, I hate the whole stars and scrubs philosophy. It's not, not my style. Right on. Um, so do you think, do you see anything um, that's going to change? Last question I have about auctions. Do you think, do you see anything that's going to change next year? Um, we talked about the relief pitcher market. You didn't, you didn't really seem to think it's going to change as much as I do. Would you change anything like in terms of your strategy or would you be on the lookout for something that's going to be different this year? Like COVID you might want to not put all your eggs in one basket because of COVID. I think that's still going to be an issue this year. Yeah. I, it's well, I don't know. I mean, if the NFL decide, you know, decided in the playoffs that it wasn't a big deal anymore, you know, what's, what's stopping MLB from doing the same thing. Um that's a that's a good question. Uh, I am going to be, as we've talked about on our show, uh, I think I need to train myself and I'm trying to to be less married to guys in the back end of the draft that I pick up and being able to rotate them out. And it's it's something that I'm having to come to grips with. it's it it definitely seems like an advantage. I've tried to do it. Uh, it's still hard for me. Uh, it's some, it's, you know, one of my weaknesses as a player right now is adapting to how the game has changed a little bit. Uh, we we've seen Phil and others, uh, make it a successful strategy and take advantage of matchups as much as possible. And it requires more work. And that's probably part of the problem with me. I am unable to put in the full amount of work that's necessary to, to execute that strategy to perfection. If only so you knew people who would give you plays and all you had to do was read a sheet every Sunday. Well, huh. that, that stopped after a little while. We kind of got, got solid. Uh, we did like all but like two weeks, buddy. You just never were mm -hmm. around to, to participate. La last two months were kind of slow, but regardless. <laughs> uh, so that, that certainly is how our game has changed. It, not just this year. Um, I don't know. Were you looking for anything more substantial than that, Zach? No, that was, that was a brown, beautiful, beautiful answer. Um, Graham, you, I think you had some, yeah, I think you had some trivia before we move on to the battle of the pods. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. You guys can all answer. Okay. Um, I, I, I have nothing to do with this. This is Graham's special segment. So I don't even know what's going on here. 
Well, okay. this is just uh, like given given how much uh, fake information there is out there, and just people loving to spout their own stuff about the medical community and what this pod you. being a prime source of misinformation. I thought I thought I would uh, <laughs> I thought I would get some simple questions from someone who works in the med- medical community and also is Canadian and loves oh, fantasy geez. baseball, uh, Ryan Ireland. And uh, we, we were just talking about the, the injury to Ronald Acuna, uh, the torn ACL. And I'm wondering if any of you guys can name the four major ligaments of the knee and what they stand for. Oh, gosh. Uh, ACL well, is anterior crucial. Anterior crucial ligament. Cruciate, cruciate lim- ligament. That's yeah. one. Uh, what? UCL? PCL is pat- Go ahead. Go ahead. Patellar cruciate, cruciate ligament, the PCL? That is incorrect. No? Oh, no. Or is it posterior? I know that is correct. ACL ah. I, I know UCL is, is ulnar that's collateral elbow. ligament. That's, that's, the that's not in your knee. Oh, sorry. I didn't I didn't know what you were saying. Well, there's MCL, <laughs> which is... Medial. I medial. should know. Yeah, yep. medial. That's right. Yep. yep, it's Greek. Yeah, so you, you got three of them. <clears throat> MCL, PCL... Um, ACL. Did you, what, what did you is call there, the MCL? Because the C is different. Collateral. There you go. Oh. And the, uh, the last one, if you're what like, did we say? You know, MCL. You said uh, you said medial, uh, anterior, and posterior. So it's the other side. If you know, like the anatomical. Well, that's figure. the front, middle, and back. Yeah, but then there's medial and the other side. Oh, radial? No, that's arm. Tibial? Lateral. It's lateral. lateral. Ah, okay. LCL, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You don't hear that much as an injury. I I blew my LCL. Did you? Yeah, snowboarding back when I was a kid. Anyway. Is it on the inside of your knee or the outside? Lateral is outside, okay. I think. <laughs> See, now we're just getting into more fake news. And then... uh the next question was, what's the difference between a collateral and a cruciate ligament? I have no clue. Nope. Don't know. No idea. Well, well, cruciate is like a crucifix. It makes a cross. Collateral means it's born and together. Co- yeah, collateral are on the sides. Um, what was the next question you gave me? I'm trying to bring these up. <laughs> uh, what is the function of the ACL? Uh, stability stabilization and agility drills I, I don't know that yeah so it, it it stops your your tibia from coming in like your tibia is that your shin bone basically like the bone in the front of your the bottom of your leg mm-hmm. uh, and it, it stops that from sliding too far in relation to your femur okay so when you watch like that ronald acuna video where he blows his lcl when his knee buckles you can actually kind of see like that's what that buckling is. It's his tibia coming like out. It's kind of gross when you think about it like that. Yeah, because guys can walk with a torn ACL usually decently because they're not but, moving laterally. Yeah, yeah, and it depends on the severity of the tear, yeah. right? Um, Are these all knee questions? The, the, the ones that uh, Ryan sent me were all knee questions, yeah. <laughs> and then I got into this whole other thing, what we can skip it about PRP and about elbows. And because oh, I mean, I, Dave I, wants to do that. I did this in like a, a path, like kind of in a past life. I did a year of nursing at school and this was sort of interesting to me. 
how many lives ago was that like last life or four lives ago or like was this back in the middle ages or three, three shrimp boats ago at least <laughs> at least three shrimp boats um, so this is before was before you were capping this is back when you were the poop deck i was definitely swabbing the poop deck swabbing. <laughs> um yeah when was that fuck i don't know it doesn't matter riveting podcast material but there is a pitcher being drafted in the second and third round who had or third round, I can't remember the exact ADP, but it's a very high, highly drafted pitcher right now who had PRP in 2016 and did not have the horrible Tommy John. Can you name that pitcher? 16. Yeah, yeah. I, I know who it is. I'm going to see if Jake knows. What's your question? Uh, At least I think I'm going to say... Repeat, repeat the question. There's a pitcher being drafted in the second and third round. I don't know the exact ADP who had oh, PRP on their elbow in 2016. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. Well, elbow. Thinking. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking Julio Urias, but he was short. No. Stuff. I think I know the answer. I think maybe you told me this. I, I know I who it is. You. Go Dave. Uh, is it Freddie? No. No. Aaron Nola. It is Aaron Nola. Yeah. And I, I got into a whole thing about um, looking into PRP because this all came from me laughing at Justin Mason's live stream where he was chirping someone's Charlie Morton pick on the pods uh, draft live stream. Oh yeah. And like at that <laughs> point in time, his only pitcher that he had drafted was Jacob DeGrom. And he's like, that is way too much injury. I don't know what he said. He was like, that is so much injury risk for a pick right now. Like blah, blah, blah. And that's when I messaged you. I was like, this is comedic gold. Like, just <laughs> yeah, like, I remember that. <laughs> like, I shared like, it with him on the air. Yeah, you did. But I was just like, man, like the guy. So then I started looking into it. Cause like, we haven't heard that DeGrom's had PRP. I wouldn't be surprised if he has. Um, but, but, will I found, it, but will it get reported is the question because it's the fucking mat so i'm right. guessing no it probably won't but right. i got i started looking into prp and there was an article at baseball prospectus shout out to them they do great work great publication from, great publication two, from 2013 um by ben Lindbergh, who's actually like ben Lindbergh is good shit um and he was looking at the efficacy of prp and he cited this research article that I like then went right into the weeds on. And it all depends like your UCL in your elbow is a complex of ligaments. It's not one ligament. So like we just in our vernacular, like when we say you tore your UCL, like we're not specifying which ligament in that elbow grouping has been torn or sprained. And PRP is extremely effective at certain types of tears and sprains within that complex. So like when we come out and are just like, oh, he had PRP on his elbow, he's fucked. Like it's like fair, like it's probably good risk assessment to just group it all together and say no. But like there's a fair amount of medical research and proof, like not proof, but like and backing to like why teams would have this and like successful um, outcomes of it in baseball pitchers like across the world. Anyway. I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's so the thing that always gets brought up is, was the doctor thing. It's like, I don't pretend like I know more than I do. I I'm, I have played for a long time where I hear things. And when I hear PRP 90% of the time they're out for the year. So is there that 10% of the time or they end up with getting Tommy John or whatever. 
is there that i don't even know if it's 10 i think it's even less than that but like you know you had tanaka and you had nola but everybody else who gets prp injections ends up being fucked so it's like i'm okay being wrong on that 10% or whatever it is to be right on the 90%. So I'm not saying that there's not guys who get PRP and they're going to end up okay, but the, the percentage is so small and I don't have all of the information. I don't know which grouping uh, of the ligaments in the elbow. It's okay to do it with and others that, that it's not. Uh, so I don't know that. So I just do what I do know is I look at the history of it and I say, okay, this almost always ends up being really, really bad. So I'm just going to stay away and I'm okay missing on the guys that I miss on. It's that's, that's fine. If I can avoid a large percentage of landmines, I don't mind missing on the, you know, couple guys who end up being okay from it. Right. This wasn't really like a gotcha Dave moment. This was just, no, yeah, I I know it is interesting. I went down a rabbit hole and then that that was when the other night we were messaging about Justin's team. And I was like, like, what (laughs) if he had PRP and like, he's fine, Yeah, like not fine, but like, what if he's, he pitches like 150 innings and like Chris Clegg in our pods too got him in the fourth round. Like that's, if he pitches 150 innings of like 80% to ground, like that's fucking money. If he pitches 120 innings, he's, he's yeah, 150 is more than he threw last year. So I was well, well over. Um, I just think that there's a non-zero chance that it's under like 10 innings. I and think it's not it, just the one injury. I mean, it's yeah. all kinds of small so, stuff. This is the thing I, and you guys, you guys probably remember last year, I got a lot of run for my, why I won't draft Jacob DeGrom tweet uh, in the first round going into 2021. So he had eight injuries between 2018 and 2020. Uh, He had a back injury in February of 18, then in May, an elbow injury. Then in 19 in April, he had an elbow injury. Uh, In June, he had a hip injury. July, he had a back injury. Uh, Then you go to, 2020 another back injury finger injury in august a neck injury in august uh and then a hamstring injury in september and then in 2021 uh may he had a back inflammation side tightness returned five days later exited with with the injury early from a start side tightness returned two weeks later on the 25th of may uh and then June 11th, he left to start with right flexor tendonitis and got an elbow MRI. So Dave keeps <clears> this on his desktop, by the way. I do. Just so you know, I, I keep all my injury stuff here. So then he returned five days later. So this is this is the problem. And this is what the doctor said. They said, why is he keep come? Why do they keep letting him come back? He's clearly not healthy and they keep letting him try to push through. Um, and I get it. Like you're competitive. You want to play blah, blah, blah. But he clearly wasn't healthy and he kept trying to play through it and he ended up hurting himself even worse. So he comes back and then he's removed again after three innings with shoulder soreness. And they said, there's no structural damage and he had to get a second opinion. So if he had to get a second opinion, I'm guessing he didn't like the first opinion. Uh, then he returns again for five days later. And then a couple weeks later, he had forearm tightness in July several more are MRIs. Now it's a partial tear of the UCL. Then Sandy Alderson claims that DeGrom is fine. Now he said the ligament is perfectly intact at this point, whatever condition existed before it's resolved itself. Dr. Jesse Morse says I'm calling Sandy's bluff. Unless this is an anterior sprain of his UCL DeGrom needs Tommy John. This is why he hasn't been back yet. Like I've been saying from the beginning, flexor injuries usually point to UCL injuries. So these things are interconnected. So, and teams aren't incentivized to be completely honest about injuries. And we know that the Mets are never honest about their injuries. 
Uh, DeGrom kept trying to pitch through his injuries, which resulted in injuring himself further. And then he never came back last year. Um, so, you know, when Justin's telling me that this is the same as same amount of risk as Zach Gallen, Zach Gallen had a UCL stress fracture, which when I looked it up, uh, it's when uh, the ulnar collateral ligaments that runs on the inner side of the elbow holds the humerus bone, the upper arm bone, and the ulna bone uh, together. And so the forearm pain can be a precursor to Tommy John surgery. So there's a tear in the tendon. This is DeGrom now. Tear in the tendon different than the stress fracture, which is what Gallen had. The stress fracture, and with the stress fracture, the tendon gets pulled off the humerus, chipping a small piece of bone in the elbow. So that was what I was saying when I was saying it was more skeletal. Um, Nick Savali and Jesse Morse both said if Zach Gallen goes out for four to eight weeks with recovery time in there, there shouldn't be any surgery needed. They put him on the IL right away. Five weeks later, he was back and he was healthy. And from 821 on, uh, August 21st on, he looked like his normal self. He threw 80 innings in the second half, finished the season, whereas the ground never came back after mid-July. So, I mean, do you really think that the, just because they both have used quote-unquote UCL injuries that it's the same? It's not the same. I agree. I think Grum's fucked. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, sum, I'll, I'll summarize what you said. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know. The thing is, I don't know if he is or not, but I know that there's it's within a large probability that he is not healthy coming into the season. And I'm not spending a first, second, third, or even fourth rounder on that. We need to like, uh, we need to like go to a correspondent and say, well, what do you, what do you have to say with that? He fucked. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> I was my, that was my analysis for Kershaw. I was just like, yeah, he's fucked. Oh, for, the, for this coming year. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's fucked too. Oh yeah. Well, I'm, 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 I, Kershaw, I'm much more convinced. What I'm about convinced. Rodon? Rodon is the guy that tempts me a little bit of those three. Yeah. He would be the guy that I would want to take of the three. But again, why would a team that has an easy run through the AL Central World Series favorite possibly, why would they let their ace go, not even giving him a qualifying offer if he's, unless they know something about his shoulder? Yeah. And they, and they, and they, um, they retain Kimbrell. Right. Kimbrough. No. And, and paid another what nine million to Graveman. I mean, they're just throwing money around, and they yeah. couldn't give a qualifying offer to Rodon. And yeah. you know, <laughs> we we love we love Rob Deadpool hitter, but I saw his response to someone. It was like because they've got you know Garrett Crochet and Der- Dallas Keuchel, and I'm like, there's no fucking chance that they're not going to extend a qualifying offer to the best pitcher on their team. I mean, fine, Giolito's up there too, but I mean, Rodon is frankly, was Cy Young caliber while he was healthy. There's no way they're not going to give that guy a qualifying offer unless he's not healthy and they know it. That's, I don't Rodon see was a boss last year. He wrote up, wrote down. He was. Yeah. Rodon fucked shit up last year, but I don't know. Like that's, that's tough because. It is tough. I don't know. It, it reminds me of Lamette heading into last year. Of who? Lamette? Denelson Lamette. It's very. Yeah. I, well, Lamette, Lamette to me is like Kershaw this year. I think it's the same level of risk and there's just no. No way I see that turning out well. Joe, you're still here. Do you have any insight in those three, on those three uh, injury-prone or injury risks? Well, the counterpoint, I think, to DeGrom is the owner of the Mets is Steve Cohen. And have we determined that he's not going to go on the black market and spend billions of dollars to get DeGrom new body parts? <laughs> <laughs> I actually never heard that side of that coin before. Um, Valid counterpoint. Uh, but no, um, 
I think all those guys are basically I'd be uh, avoiding. I, I think, as you said, the White Sox not re-signing Rodon's is a lot. Um, yeah, I did hear Dave is a big fan of Steven Strasburg, though. I heard he's all over. Twenty nineteen Strasburg. Yeah, he did help us in twenty nineteen. What about Sir Lance McCullers? No, a forearm scares the shit out of me. I mean, I need to hear more, but right now I'm not drafting him. I mean, it, once, it is, once he had that interview and they said, "Oh, I'm going to throw starting in January," is it, people started reaching for him again. I know. Well, oh, he told he told you know he was already throwing. Before he said that to Eno, he, there was an actual oh, video okay. uh, of McCullough saying, oh yeah, everything's normal. We're just taking a little bit more caution. We're just putting a little bit more caution to the wind. Or sorry, not more caution to the wind. We're, we're just being a little <laughs> bit more, we're being a little bit more cautious. Um, and and everything feels fine. We're just gonna start my sketch my start my schedule throwing in January. That's what it is. And we haven't seen him throw, but he said he was going to. So I think the the group think is that we trust McCullers that he has thrown <laughs> yeah. because he said he did. It's going to take a long it. time for me to trust McCullers. Sorry. Last uh, year wasn't enough. No. Yeah. Did Definitely you guys not. see the video of Sixto throwing the other day? <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't? Yeah. Why would you release is it, that? Would you call that throwing? That was like, like why would you, <laughs> shot like, putting. That, that's terrible PR. He's, yeah. he's just him trying to Joe, like, you haven't seen throw it? a baseball. No. Oh, Joe, oh, it's not it's pretty about funny. a week, week and a half ago. It he was an Instagram fucked. video, but it's everywhere. Oh, yeah. Well, I told everybody, like, avoid six to, like, the plague before that video came out. And then that video came out. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, you were right. I'm like, yeah, the guys coming off major <laughs> shoulder like surgery Doesn't are going to look like, look like garbage. It looks like Bartolo no, Colon. It's shot put. It's bag. shot put. Yeah. yeah it's, it's real bad, dude. <laughs> I drafted six to in maybe one or two leagues before – he, he does look like baby Bartolo, that's for sure. And oh, he's also – he's another guy on Eric's team, too. I forgot he had drafted. Yeah, yeah. This is a good, I know, this is a good I know, transition. This is a good I told transition. him this, too. I know. I, it's, it's, that, it's not that you took six, though. It's that you took six, though, after nine other injury major injury risks in your rotation. I feel bad. Like, I love Eric, and I don't want to, like, talk shit about this, but I think this is a lesson that he has to learn this year, and I, I hope he does because – I want him to be a good player. I want him to do well, but I would bet every cent in my that I own that this is not going to turn out well for him. Yeah, in a DC, like you, there's no way that you're going to even run in out a, of any league. Him. No league is that going to turn out well. All those guys, <laughs> there's no, there's a zero percent chance. All right, ready to do the analysis of the, uh, analysis of the battle of the podcast quickly. All right, you want to yeah. Go thanks it? for thanks for sharing your current draft with us here. No, no problem. I just got to make this pick before we do it. I'm just, we're in the second <laughs> round. We're, we're in the second round. Jake, who should he take? Let me guess. Uh, what Merrifield? Wait, 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 uh, I don't know what he has. I assume I'm, he I'm taking Ozzy Albies. What do you guys think? Does it, first? Does it matter who he has? You're gonna say what Merrifield? Nah, we are. No, nah, there, there's plenty on there. I have uh, Garrett Cole in the first round. I got him at seven. So I'm. My I don't Merrifield pairs perfectly. Mm. <laughs> he, he pairs perfectly with nobody. With everything. <laughs> no. What, what Mary are, like, are you insinuating there's, like there's, a, there's a book on me here? You should probably take Jacob deGrom. <laughs> <laughs> the book on you, uh, the book on you, uh, Jake, is Evaldi, Trevor Rogers, Benintendi, Altuve. That's uh, those are guys I have multiple shares of, yes. Austin Hayes, that's a Jake player. Austin, Austin Hayes, that is a Jake player. player. All right, now so with, can the, I, can with I just, defenses, I'm a little trepidation. Can I just, but, you know. can I just choose, choose Ozzy Albies? He's fallen quite a bit yeah. here. I would yeah, take. I, I, I would. Fine. I would do that because you get a little more power there too. So I think that's fine. 
All right, so let's go into the Battle of the Pods. While you're pulling that up, I have, I have a question for everyone. If yeah. Jordan Alvarez is DH only, I was talking about this the other day, isn't it better that he would only hit DH and not outfield, at least in Dynasty, because um, it's less injury risk? I'm not overly concerned about the Jake is much more concerned about his injury risk at this point. I hear Dude, it. That, guy, that guy's got chicken legs. Yes, he does. <laughs> so did you he guys does. see him try and run down that fly ball in the over the fence? Uh, in the, uh, we World still Series? we still got to do a podcast just on like looking at Instagram photos of like players without shirts on <laughs> or, or like in tight fit clothing, so we can look at we can we can see like okay. Um, Jordan's got chicken legs. Marcelo Zuna looks like he packed on a couple, couple lbs uh, over, <laughs> over his little uh, hiatus. Uh, who else? Um, Alejandro Kirk. Uh, well, I don't think he's changed, but I think he's Re- Reese McGuire. Reese McGuire's Instagram's probably all right. Is it? I don't know. I've been, I've been, I've been checked out his. Nah, Instagram. never mind. That's yeah, that's, was... that's in poor taste. I heard. I heard he was really into uh, stealing cars. He's got nice hands. <laughs> I heard he was into jerking off in parking lots. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, that's why I said car stealing. That was cars. that was that was over. Carjacking. All right. I just wanted to be overt about it. <laughs> I didn't get the pun, Graham. I'm sorry. It's okay. That was, that's fine. That's good. All right. That's, is, that's a Jeff Erickson a, pun. If Jeff Erickson could say that on Rotoware, this is unacceptable for for this podcast. We're we're um, professionals here, so we don't we don't we don't we don't speak like this. You but, fired but HR, to, so you to answer to, to answer he, Joe's question. I mean, I would feel better about his health, but that doesn't still doesn't preclude him from getting injured. I mean, running the bases is still somewhat difficult for him. So I, I don't just, know. I can. Would, I guess it would make you feel better, but how much better? I'm not sure. I would. Mm-hmm. I I want to draft Alvarez as an outfielder where he DHs every day. That's that's the ideal situation with Alvarez. Didn't Carlos Beltran have like fucked up knees in his twenties though, and then he like got him fixed and was just sick for a while? I think I don't know if it was his twenties, but eventually he had bad knees and he never like he stopped running, but he was still good. He's still a good hitter, but I think his speed was gone at a certain point. You want to just rip into the, the teams one by one? Oh <laughs> Holy cow. Jesus, man. That is a large board. <laughs> let's uh, let's go worst to best. What's the worst team? What Somebody team? else say it. Didn't we already allude to it? Well, the team with um, Kershaw, McCullough, Flaherty, the walking, the walking Dead rotation, Allen, Pablo Lopez, McCullers. I, know, I gotta look. I'd, I'd actually have to take this all in to be like. Yeah, this is this is your, a lot. Even I don't remember this. Yeah, it's been to a, be like it's been your a week team is we garbage. Done. You don't remember it being that injury prone. Well, you got well. We got we scroll down here. We got Syndergaard as well. Um, Seager and Trout too. Yeah, Sixto Sanchez, but uh, Sixto Sanchez a pick. But that was that was a big debate because who ripped it, who ripped um, Eric for taking Sixto when they took Soroka right afterwards? Like Soroka is going to be useless now. Like they said, he's on track to return in like July. Or yeah, August. no, it was a wasted pick, and George made that pick when he was drunk watching the 49ers game, as he said. So that's fine. That's yeah, perfect. but he also drafted Spencer Howard, friend of the podcast. <laughs> Very early though, he took he. Yeah, Curlin loves Howard. <laughs> uh, George was sober at that point. Anyways, so wait, did he take Matt Manning in the thirty? Something what? Yeah. 
Yo, isn't Matt Manning fucked? His There's K rate is. About yeah, him. his fastball is. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought he had like a severe shoulder injury. So uh, which I team? Thought... Which team is complete trash? I gotta put I gotta put Govier's team beside uh, Chris Deary's team because they both picked at fifteen. Yeah, they were both fifteen. They both, both have a lot of the same players, and they both picked Bueller first. Yeah, it was, that could be coincidence. Just, well, it was just bizarre. It was funny. I was messaging them. They had a, they had a couple similarities. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it was Scooball because they're Michigan guys. All right, let's let's see what we can say here. Like, um, I, I I talked to Simeone and I said I liked Rob's team and I liked uh, Bubba's team. I said that I couldn't get behind Toby's team because he's got Mondesi. I said Toby's team sort of like a Del Don modified team, where he goes like a lot of pitching and then he just takes a speed guy. But there's, it's like a little, I, it's like a, it's like a little modified version. There's there's less pitching than Del Don's. I mean, oh Del yeah, Don's it's modified. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. But Del Don does pitching, 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 speed. Pitching, 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 speed, and then he just like has a bunch, yeah. of, then hammers a bunch of bats. I'm a little worried about Drew's uh, rotation. Um, I don't know who he has late, but uh, yeah. Severino is his number four. That's gross to me. I don't know what to expect from him. I, I don't mind Ray and Manoa, but it's a little weak for a one and two for me. But oh, I think uh, that's and then, but but yeah, but, and then Molly goes. Molly showed us last year he's pretty rough pitching at home i don't know if that's going to change uh it's a guy that i'm not drafting him where he's going this year and then he doesn't draft another starter until herman marquez in the 23rd now not to say that strategy can't work because other people have done it but i don't know if he pounded starters as much as he should have after that so yeah rob's gonna have some difficulties with saves and possibly a catcher too yep i might have Um, i might have some trouble with saves kimbrell barlow mcgee uh also, did he get enough speed? India's a little bit. Betts is a little bit. Otani's I mean, twenty. Br and Lane Thomas later, Half, but I don't know. Has a few. Yeah, I, I'm not. Margo, I'm not Margo. Club. I think Margo is going to get traded off the Rays too. <clears throat> so I think he's going to be a full time guy somewhere. That's the next. He's, he's, he's a, that's the last. Bet. Last year, last year of arbitration for him. So I have a feeling Rays try to jettison him. Did Joe just next say the next Cedric Mullins? Who said that? Yeah. The next Cedric Mullins is uh, Manny Margo. It's not but terrible. No. Look at look at there. Now I'm not saying he goes 30-30, but it, look at his peripherals. I put out a tweet the other day. They have like the same hard hit rate, same contact rate, same O swing, same everything. It's just is who? Manny uh, Marco. They literally have like the same oh. peripherals, like almost yeah. identical. Yeah, I can I can see it. I, I, I it's just I, the I Rays don't, don't play guys every day. Yeah, I hate the Rays. But well, yeah. Nick was saying if he gets traded off the race, I I yeah. see them. Tra- I mean, that's they're going to have to pay him a decent amount this year, so we'll see. It's interesting. Yeah, so, I, I I think Bubba's got a solid team. I I I still love Toby's team. Like other other than my own, I I think Toby. I think Toby's like a guaranteed top three team. Didn't Honestly, we just talk about how Scherzer was cooked? I didn't say that. That was Zach. Uh, what did I say? As Scherzer's like fucked because he's old and I didn't say he's fucked. I just said I I would I wouldn't take the risk on him in the first round. Like if I were Toby, I would have just taken Bueller. You're good with uh Dave, you're good with the Gallegos in the sixth though. No, I mean, yeah, obviously uh and then Kittredge that's, that's, is Kittredge I'm is okay with reliever. I'm okay with Gallegos as his closer two. He didn't take him as his closer one. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have done it. I don't like it, but I don't think that that's gonna mean like he's gonna not 
be top three in the league. Mm-hmm. I just think he 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 hits. He executed his plan for sure. I, the the I, bats, he yeah. pounded him. Yeah, he got when he got Sal Perez in the fourth. I was so mad. I was like, oh, I can't believe like people didn't take him. How did we? How did we let Toby get Sal Perez? Or That's what I'm after, wondering. After JTR, <laughs> yeah, JTR went in the third, and then he passed on him in the third, and he came back to him in the fourth. And I was like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, J.D. Martinez, D.J. LeMahieu, these are just very solid picks. Like, I like Glaber. I like for a bounce back this year. Um, I mean, he drafts, off of, he drafts yeah. off of projections. So, you know, Manaya projections love Manaya, so Toby loves Manaya. You know, like, that's that's pretty much how it goes. Yeah, and then Glaber Torres, another projection guy, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I, th- oh, I yeah. think, like, you know, you got to look at regression. You know, like, he's going to he's gonna have a lot of positive regression, and those are the guys that get undervalued the next year, like D.J. LeMahieu. Um you know, JD Martinez is very, very solid. Uh, and he was saying to Justin, because Justin took Castellanos in the fourth, and Toby said, What's the difference between Castellanos in the fourth and JD Martinez in the seventh? I think it's a very valid point. Yep. Especially since we don't know where Castellanos is going to go. Not that he doesn't right. have power, but I mean, we saw like if he's in a park like, you know, extreme like Detroit, that sapped him majorly. I mean, I, I told Justin that he has like less than 10% chance of beating us because his second half of his draft is atrocious. I'm like, dude, you you took all of these prospects. There's there's such a lack of production here. I just don't know how you're gonna get it. He has so many just just dart throws. I kind of what, like what other what are that, that? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. That team five run, and I mean, some people, I mean, some of you guys might not like it, but if Lux, and this is an if. It seems risky, but Lux, Young, Vaughn, Marsh, I like the, where those guys are going. Um, yeah, we like a, a lot of like, playing time risk there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I feel like Marsh. Marsh is fine. I, Marsh, is in, Marsh is in center, right? I mean, he's playing. Yeah, yeah. and the White Sox should play Vaughn, but Young. But they didn't they, last they year. They didn't, yeah, that's the hard part. They played everybody over him last year. And they year. got Sheets, and they got Berger, and, I mean, they got they got some dudes to throw in there. Yeah. Um. And Jung, I, like, I like Jung. I like Jung. I just, I'm not sure he's going to be up right away. Yeah. I mean, you just don't know. And, and Lux, uh, you know, we haven't seen sustained skills from him yet. Uh, on top of the fact that he doesn't necessarily have a guaranteed spot. I mean, we, we think he probably does because of uh, Muncie being out, but we don't, you know, free agency's not over yet. We don't know if they're done adding, but I don't, I don't just like Chris's team, uh, team five. I, I, no. I think it's solid. He went very light on the pitching, though. I yeah, mean, that's when you're... Chris's team. Chris's what was that? Team, Chris's team doesn't have the counting stats. Yeah, and it, yeah, he doesn't have the he doesn't have the K's either. He has like too many guys like yeah, Frankie yeah, and Wainwright, yeah. and then I mean Darvish. I can't count on for innings. He's got he's got he doesn't have enough. Um, he's super light on stolen bases. Yeah, and he's 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 not going to have like he has the home runs, but he's not going to have the runs and RBIs. I don't. I didn't look at the pitching too carefully, but that team that team's real light on the counting stats. Yeah, it looks like it'll have the. In, it looks like it'll have a lot of innings, but I don't know what those innings will look like. Wayne just, Wright, Wayne Wright could fall off a cliff this year, for all we know. I think. Obviously, obviously, Zach, you draft similarly to us. I like your team a lot. Um, I don't know about Bobby Witt, but I mean, if he's like Phil's very confident, I know you're very confident that he starts, you know, the season with them. Then if that happens, I think you're. Uh, I think that's really good. I love where you got Will Smith. Like that felt unfair. That's his max pick. 
I know. know. I got him three picks after that in the DC I'm doing right now, though. Wow. Well, damn. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're in the, like the, the Razzball the Razzball mock the draft. draft. Yeah, the, yeah. Ra- the Razzball mock DC. <laughs> yep. That's, that sounds yep. like fun. Yep. We should have gone to that. Yep. Who would have yeah. you taken instead of Heaney? I knew Heaney wasn't coming back to me, though. That's the thing. Uh, I don't know that Heaney was the issue, honestly. Uh, I mean, I would have taken McGill over him for sure. Um, oh, uh, that's, yeah. Uh, but I think I think maybe I just would have switched out one of Sandoval or Wood for someone that I could kind of count on for for better. Who else was there? McCull- uh, I should have taken McCullers. Yeah, I don't know. Desclafani maybe for Sandoval. I don't know. Mm. But I know that the skills are not. Yeah, I don't know. I probably would have taken a guy earlier, honestly. I think I just would have taken an SP3 before those guys. Like, it's, I wouldn't have taken Rendon, especially after Yellow. Uh, Rendon was like almost pick 150 here man like that's like i'm just saying like all these like yellow just way past their max picks yeah and i know that that's what you're doing you're kind of just kind of taking what the draft gave you so i get it because you do a lot of these yeah well that doesn't that's not really a 50 that's not really an excuse because this is not part of the overall so it's like there's no true no sense to diversify this this is this is a standalone league there's no sense of caring about well i don't know you tell me because because you were proclaiming that you weren't even like trying like you were like i'm just taking you guys i'm not well like well it's not that i wasn't trying i'm just taking the guys that were falling way past the way we be okay like, yeah uh, your are your your seven and nine guys are potential first rounders if they hit um and are up the whole season rendon at his top is what second third rounder yeah but that's all there's you know you can't bank on all the i don't know what's there yeah. anymore i mean yeah he he can't stay healthy and then yeah. will smith i mean yeah will smith is probably i haven't done any rankings or anything but Love he, he, he might be my catcher one this year but i mean then you took that's what vlad said he said he's in his catcher one yeah. and then you took uh rutchman as your catcher two and then the only other catcher you have is kirk Casali. i don't know i got um nottingham oh okay yeah round 50 <laughs> round 49 yeah oh he, damn i think he's um i think he's the guy in baltimore if uh for now. Not up for, yeah. if he's not up for, they really have no one else so right. Jacob Nottingham's another uh, post 600 player, like decent pedigree. He's like, they pop a couple home runs maybe if he plays and not uh, Rushman. But Rushman is also a guy that was way past his ADP. I didn't want to take Rushman along with all these other players, but he fell. And it's not, it's not like I'm taking a player just because he fell in ADP and, I, and he was an avoid for me. He's not an avoid. It's just like, I didn't want to take him that early, but if he's falling to a, a value or not a value, but like a kind of cost. Yeah. Like that, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I like Simeon's team until like round 19, and then it kind of went off the rails for me. He's a little light on counting stats, I think. The team, like, I think I, I looked at, I, I plugged them in. Govier is light on the counting stats. Chris, baseball pods, light on the counting stats. Um, Justin's okay, but like a lot of those players are like, um, like the, their projections, like for What's, example, Alejandro okay, Kirk is like projected for a 280 something batting average. Alejandro Kirk's projected for a better, better batting average than Mike Trout. Okay, yeah, but like over, sense? but over how many plate appearances? Like two hundred and fifty. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure exactly. I'll, I'll tell you. I have it up here. Kirk the, is projected for two hundred. I mean, two hundred ninety-seven I mean, bats. His his catchers one and two are both guys who might be playing less than fifty percent of the time. 
I mean, Kirk and Bart and then Melendez, I, I like the skills, but again, I know they talked about bringing his bat up at some point, but who knows when. Know when Melendez is coming back up. Trevor Bauer. Justin yeah. Took, took Trevor Bauer. He did. He got immediately canceled upon taking him. Yeah. Like, well, but, oh, you know what's funny, though? Apparently now we can talk about Trevor Bauer because before <laughs> we, we couldn't talk about Trevor Bauer. When, it was, when, when did that happen? In July, if you talk about Trevor Bauer, you are a canceled piece of shit. Now, all of a sudden, we've realized, oh, we have to talk about Trevor Bauer because he might play next year. Right. Now, it's funny how things change. Yep. That's dumb. I don't know. Time heals all wounds, man. I always said it was dumb because, like, if if someone – you have to make decisions on your fantasy team within that time period. Like, you can't just say, well, you can't talk about him because we said so. Like, I'm sorry. I've got money on the line here. I have to make decisions with him. And if people want to talk about it, they should talk about it. Like, well, you're going to see a lot of fucking hypocrites come out yep. of the woods in the next month or two, because all the people that were shaming, talking about Trevor Bauer are going to be fucking talking about Trevor Bauer. What else happened here? Jake Berger. He, I was, I, I was looking at like the, a lot of these guys have their rankings posted. Simeone has his rankings posted. So I'm looking to see when these guys are going to take certain players. I'm looking at Simeone's rankings and looking at Mason's rankings. Mason doesn't even have Jake Berger in his rankings for third base and he goes and takes him. So like, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's like, like, I don't know if he was on his NFBC app and he thought it was like a fucking Uber eats app or something. And, <laughs> and Jake Berger because I'm like, what's he doing? He has like, he's like fucking David Bodie and like all these guys ahead of him in the rankings. And all of a sudden he's taking Jake Berger. Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen what Justin orders. It would be a double Jake Berger. Uh, <laughs> Good. He what? should. What about O'Neill Cruz? Have you guys seen his projections? He's projected to hit like 280. I, I just think there's no yeah. way that's happening. That's nuts. I can't, I can't do it. No. That's nuts. I mean, I he's got massive power and he can run too, but he's also like 6'7". I don't know. I don't think he continues to run that much. James Anderson and uh, the Welsh a while ago on Prospect 1 had one of the best like um, just down-to-earth takes on the O'Neill Cruz fever. Um, when the steamer projection came out but basically like he he ripped through the miners at the end of the year and they gave him like a cup of coffee or like a couple weeks maybe a week at triple a and then he got those like three games or whatever in the last series at pittsburgh yeah and all of the batted ball stuff where he's hitting balls like 118 or whatever like that all literally came from like 70 at bats so, like, if you want to run wild and, like, draft a guy who might not even be up on 70 at-bats, like, that just seems insane to me. And that was basically their take. I'm, and, I might be didn't, didn't they adjust his projection? To and, his projection? And, Max, and Max EV, too, is not something that I'm overly concerned with. And James is a really, really good prospect analyst, and he's also a really good fantasy baseball player. So, like, when, you t- when you're talking about, you know, those guys who look at prospects, he's the guy I go to for sure. I love, I love Clegg and cross too. James is such a good player though, that uh, I, I, I listen to all of them. I respect all their opinions. Um, but uh, yeah, James is definitely uh, our, our main guy. And he plays so much redraft NFBC that yeah, his he analysis caters towards a little bit more of what we do as yeah. opposed to just the dynasty angle. So, right. All right, I feel like with a lot of good takes. Too many that. prospect people get too excited thinking about the future. We care about this year. That's it. Okay, let's wrap this up soon because I know we've been on for a long time. Like, I just want to look at a couple more teams before we go. We, we didn't. We I don't, I don't think it's fair that we only ripped on a few of them. We got to keep ripping them more. Um, okay. Johnny L. His outfield's a problem. 
like I think it's a big problem. He's got Mullins. I remember thinking there's a lot of problems, but yeah. He's, he's got Mullins, Kalenic, which is okay. That's a risk in itself. Hunter Renfro, but then after that, like Raleigh Greens is at OF4 and Sam yeah. Kelly are just at OF5. Tyrone yeah. Taylor is probably better than both of those guys. Yeah. Um, unless, but unless Raleigh Who Green knows what the playing time is? Yeah. What do you think about Raleigh Green, Joe? I think for this year, at least, he might be being overrated. It's the same thing with O'Neill Cruz. I These guys are going to probably strike out a lot more than we anticipate. Right. I think Green had like a 28% strikeout rate in the minors. Like, we just think he's going to come up. And he, maybe he does. This happened with Tatis, but. You know, is he going to come up and have like a 21% strikeout rate and all that? I don't think so. And I don't think, you know, with Cruz, at least you got the crazy, crazy, like almost 80 grade raw power where green has power, but it's not that in, intense where, you know, it's going to make up for a high 20s, maybe even 30% strikeout rate. I think I would rather have the three outfielders John drafted after green and Hilliard than them. Like Tyrone Taylor, Clint Frazier, and Harold Ramirez, I'd probably prefer all three of those to both of Hilliard and Green. Yeah, agree. I'd agree. I haven't seen. Is Ramirez supposed to start for the Cubs? It's kind of up in the air. It could be a speculation that he could. I like that he got both uh, Clint Frazier and Ramirez. He likes to do that. That kind of makes sense to to grab both of them. Um, Dave, uh, Dave, and Jake, I like your team. I'm not just saying that because you're here. Um, You did take Trevor Rogers early but you had to do that because you know george right. was there and you knew I he's was not there. coming back to the he wasn't yet. coming back yep. no, no he was you're right he was not coming back altuve um i was debating between altuve and will smith there but uh i chose smith um so i think we're lockstep we would have we would have loved to have will smith there i'll say that yeah, yeah we probably, probably would have done that yeah yeah but altuve is not a not a bad constellation prize there in the late six no. at all like both he's solid he's we, we wanted solid production and that's that's what he is um keeps the high average What's up so, with with Duran? Do do any of you guys have a read on Duran? Uh, it's really just thinking that you know he could end up being platooned, but uh, and I don't think he's particularly good defensively either, which is a bit of a problem. But um, you know, he was a very talented guy in the minors. He runs some, and we were just looking for uh, potential. We felt like his his playing time was pretty pretty solid at that point, and we wanted the the speed over a guy like. I don't know, Willie Calhoun or, you know, Pavin Smith is kind of a nothingness pick. Uh, Calhoun, his his at-bats aren't all that secure either. Um, and he could be platooned. For and he gets hurt too. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so really Duran, uh, Jason DuPont's very high on Duran. Duran. Uh, he's, mm. he's the Boston guy. Uh, I do trust his opinion a bit when it comes to that, but he's not really a target for us. It was just a, it was just a pick that made sense for our team, given what yeah. we were. And it was it was another our outfielder uh, six. Yeah, it was our, our sixth outfielder. It was a guy that um, honestly, it's our first like prospect shot. I mean, I guess you can count Connor Joe right before that a little prospects? bit. OK, and he's not really a prospect anymore, but right. Uh, a guy that has questionable playing time that could get sent down. Yeah. I, I consider that kind of a prospect. I mean, we took okay. him and he and Miranda. Uh, that's kind of our mid 20s gambles there. And neither yeah. of them we need, but both of them could be. I mean, they, they could be uh, momentum shifters for us. That's, that's the big thing. Hits. That's the big thing. Like you said, we didn't need them, but they they could be huge for us if they do hit. Um, yeah. But, you know, we're not relying on them. I think Connor Joe's my favorite pick you guys made right there. 
Everybody loved yeah. that picture. We, we took, made we it. We and we so took him messages. early too. Yeah, we did. I mean, we yeah. yeah, we had to because we knew there were too many fans out there. And what's yeah. his ADP? Too low. <laughs> Three thirty. No, it's got a yeah, something like that. I can't see because I got your board over my ADP. I think list we right did now. we did we set his min, Jake? It, well. it may have been his min for January. Yeah. For DCs at least. So one thing I'll say about circling back to Eric Cross's team, he has a team that is projected for 92 stolen bases, I believe. Um just pull it up to make sure that. He has, he, like, your target is, I think, 119 for the DCs. He's fallen short by about 30 stolen bases, and he has Miles Straw. Yeah. So not only has he fallen short, not only has he fallen way short, and this is just based on the projections that I have here on stolen bases, but he also has Miles Straw cratering his other categories as well. I, I just think he, he looks at guys and says, these guys are so good, I have to take them. Like, I don't think there's... There, there just doesn't seem to be any roster construction behind this team. Like Soto and Trout, great players. Why are you taking them both here? What, what does, what does Trout add here? I mean, I get that he's a great hitter, but you can get power later. I mean, the injury risk on top of it, but like get some speed. Like I, I get that you love Soto. I'm not like Soto at pick seven. I'm not knocking it, but then, you know, on the comeback, take a guy like Mullins or Marte or Merrifield or Teoscar even like, get some speed there. And then, you know, I don't know, just like you said, if he can finish at the bottom, Miles straw is useless for him. If he's in last place in speed or even second last, like that's just a wasted pick. Cause he doesn't, it's like putting a bandaid on a, on a earthquake crack, like a crack in the, in the, in the, in the earth. It's like, you, you it's not going to do anything. Not so enough Toby's team projects really well. Like his, he hits yeah. all of his, um all of his counting stat. Ca- he, well, we know he drafts based on projections. So but it's that's always Mon- Mondesi. Like Mondesi's his fallback at 42 stolen bases. But even without, even if Mondesi steals 30, he's still hitting all his targets. Right. So he doesn't even need all those 42 stolen bases. But again, yeah. Mondesi could be like way worse than that. But that's a good team. I think yeah. He's got a really strong team. All right. So top three teams for you, Zach, and, t- and three and, and bottom three. I'd have, I have to say like Toby would be one of them. Because yeah. even though I hate Montessi, like, and, and that's a complete bias for me, I would say that just looking at his projections, like he's got a lot of margin for error and he's got pocket aces and he's got good closers. Closers, like probably, even though Gallegos is, we're not super confident. Like, yeah, Toby's a top three team. I would say that, I would say Rob is probably a top three team. And then, I haven't crunched all the numbers. Like, uh, like I like Bubba Starp, and then I don't like that dude. I'd say I mean, Bubba, his I'd, his top two pitchers are Morton and Castillo, and then his next pitcher is Jordan Montgomery. I don't know. Uh, I liked I liked his team um, on the surface, but after I haven't looked at the numbers exactly. I haven't crunched the numbers for all the teams. I know, I know my I know my projections, and I did a few of the other teams. Um, so I'd have to go. Like I like your I like your team. You sniped me on a lot of players. Like, <laughs> there's a couple of players that there's a couple of teams that are definitely knows. So I'd, I'd say it's you, you, Bubba, Toby, Rob. I'd say. Um, yep. I'm looking at Matt's team, Matt Williams. I'm looking at it now. I didn't crush the numbers on his team. Not too confident with Romano. Pitching is 
pitching is pretty good. Um, this is without crunching the numbers. Yeah. He's got like, um, looks like he's going to be good for home runs. He's a solid team. I, I, it's not, it's not bad. I'm looking at uh, it on the fly right now. He's got 25 stolen bases from Ramirez, probably 30 from 30 with judge 35 with low, nothing with Walsh, probably like, um, 45 for Dugo, Brandon Crawford's gonna get you 550. Joe Dell might get you 1060. Myers 1070. I just, I just He's hate Matt's be... second, Matt's second half of the draft from Julio Rodriguez mm. down. It's just not, I would still put him as a solid top five team though. Yeah, I would agree. I don't, yeah. So what do you think? What do you guys think? What do you, what do you think, Jake? Who's your, who's your top three? My top three. Um, well, I do like a lot, a lot of what Rob did. Um, I'm a little iffy on the closers just because of Barlow yeah. and McGee. Uh, and then I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Kopech, but uh, there's, there's a lot of guys on the team that I like. I think it's well put together overall. Yep. Good balance. Um, I don't know what his third and fourth catchers are. I can't see those at the moment, but because uh, Darno, you know, Darno is going to get hurt. Pedro Severino. Uh, Pedro Severino. Oh, so he backed him up nicely there. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Rob's got a, um, yeah, he's got a very solid. That's team. a very solid team. Yep. Um, what about Drew? I feel like we're just passing by Drew. I, yeah, I, we I'm really a little worried about. about I, well, I said I'm a little worried about his rotation because yeah, I'm not true. a. I'm not Molly. Uh, I you know while I Ray like what he could Ray. be, I don't. I don't see it happening yet. Severino um, is the four is really rough. Yeah. But it's not a, again. I don't think it's a bad team overall. I think. I think that that's. I think that Drew and Matt Williams are probably four and five for me. Who's your top three, Rob? I like Kobe. I like Govier's Govier's so. top few rounds. Um, it's it looks like a team almost that I would draft other than Barrios, but um, you were hoping you were you were you were upset when he took Reynolds so quickly. Yeah, oh yeah, that was early. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, we both like Reynolds. I don't. I don't know if. Yeah, he's kind of a sixth, seventh round guy. So I don't know if we would have yeah. taken Reynolds there or not, but with with Marte already, um, yeah, probably wouldn't have. I'm okay taking outfielders early in a DC. But you they're lighter power. I mean, Marte lighter power. Xander is not, you know, big time power. Um, I don't know if I would have done that, but well, it's more just did we want to risk not getting a good second baseman because that's right. where Altuve and Lau and Jazz were all going off the board. Uh, uh yeah, I like I think... a lot of what a lot of what Matt Williams did too. We talked about that already, but a, yeah. a, a good portion of that team, I'm I'm in favor of. I think I think it's. Uh, us, I think it's Zach. I think it's Toby, uh, Rob, and then a little gap, and then Matt and uh, Matt Williams and um, and Drew Morris. What about Matty Wood? Uh, Simeon, I think Simeon, right now. I never. He's a little bit light on the county stats. I think Simeon is a little bit light on the county. I stats. never like Matty's teams. Uh, just you know, he 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 builds them very. I think Acuna's fine there. I think Hater's fine there. Alcantara is fine. Jordan Alvarez, you got a good price on him. I mean, but Reed, like, I'm not big again, on Acuna plus Rodon. Uh, I, you know, Inoa, I, I just, <clears throat> it's not, it's not a ton of risk, but it's just, it's not, I don't know. I, I just don't like, uh, he just, he, he's all about just taking the big power hitters. Like that's what he does pretty much. He drafts like Vlad. They both draft very, very similarly. Hmm. Not a fan <laughs> of the Brujon pick. And he kind of threw he kind of threw Bader and Madrigal in there for the uh, for the steals and then to kind of and, Bru- and Bruhan. I don't. I just don't think Bruhan's gonna. I don't think he's playing time. that much. No. no, 
James Anderson said, I think the same. Even thing. even if they trade Margot, I still think <clears throat> they find a way to not play him that much. They'd have to trade Kiermaier too. I mean, they, they got to get rid of both of those guys. Not that they got to get rid of Margot. He's got just, in terms of financials, they're going to. He was scoop- I, what Maddie was doing. He was scooping up um, a lot of players that were falling. Like yeah. Wander Franco fell quite a bit. Rodon fell as you'd expect. Um, and then um, Joe, Joe Ryan even fell in this draft. Yes, he, he was his he fell real far. a yeah. couple of rounds earlier than that. Yeah. The we weren't, we weren't really into him. No, we passed on him a couple of times. Yeah. Well, we also, we, 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 uh, got our uh two three four we got our sp5 in the 13th and we knew at that point we had we were waiting for quite a while we we had we had to go a lot of hitting to get everything we needed at that point um yep Yep. so it just didn't make any sense to joe ryan wasn't that guy we were gonna make an exception for yeah i would have uh, had a tough time deciding between him and alex wood who i ended up taking in round 16 i i think we we loved alex wood we were we were right on the precipice of taking him if you didn't yeah, but you were you already had all the other. Despite of despite what we said, you know, we yeah. we both are a big fan. I just I just didn't like the Sandoval Wood and Heaney altogether. It's not like as individuals, I like all I, I like Sandoval and Wood at least. Heaney, I'm eh. yeah. Same way you didn't like the rest of my uh, hitting together, like the all the risky hitters at the start. <sighs> I don't know. I I you, Buxton could be a superstar. You know, he's got that potential. I just. I can't do it. I know. If you took if you took Buxton, you wouldn't hear the end of it. I, <laughs> keep in mind, I draft with a guy who's Buxton's biggest fan, so it's a constant battle. Every uh, year. Tony. Yeah, yeah. Tony's been a Buxton guy since before he was drafted. I mean, yeah, he's, he's been a Buxton honk. Tony's been a Buxton homer since he was seven years old. So he's had a lot of bad years. Like he wasn't <laughs> wasn't even just the injuries in those years. Oh, it looked like he yeah. was like falling out of favor, and they were gonna get rid of him. Yeah. He he just I mean Tony's a reasonable guy like he doesn't want to take him where he doesn't make sense to go so I don't think I'm gonna to have to fight him off too hard since he's going in the top four rounds but if he was going in like the sixth he would be just yelling at me to take. He's Buxton. never gonna make it to the sixth in the main event. Good. He might make it to the fifth. I think I think he'll probably be a fifth round pick. Depends on what the starters look like. Uh, and if the I don't know. Are still up there. He's that kind of guy. Him and Mondesi are those guys. They have their stands, and their stands aren't going to let them fall. And all it takes is one in a draft. True, I mean, true. you know, Siege will take him in the first round. So, you know, <laughs> hey, Greg Blankenship, I got a big draft with him coming up. He's actually, he, I don't know if I believe him, but he said. He's I know, he he said it. I believe him. He's fucking crazy. He's going to take Wander Franco in the first round and Ad- Adalberto Mondesi in the second round. I don't know yeah. what draft. How much is money is this draft? I don't even know what kind of draft it is. So I you were doing an, an OC. I would love to do an OC like that because it's like that'd be um, that's an eleven Free. team. That's an eleven team league. Yep, you're you're, you're narrowing a higher percentage of the players <laughs> of the playing pool of the your opponents. Yeah, that's bad. Yep. All right, guys, um, you want to end it off? Well, let's let's do the listener questions first. Oh fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah, because I I did promise to answer these. We can blow through them. Yeah, a little bit. They faster. won't they won't take long. Yeah. Question number one. Mike Curland asks, what is your favorite thing about me? <laughs> that His you ability live to fashion masks. That you live <laughs> 2,000 miles from me. <laughs> oh, that's not quite as far as you. That's a lot closer than that. I Question. You're, you're taking away from the humor here. No, okay. Also, <laughs> uh, Mike is 
actually a really good analyst. And I do like a lot of the things he does. There's been several of his projects that he starts and doesn't really follow through on them, but they're really, he has good ideas and he, he puts in a lot of work. He just needs to continue to do them. Uh, so he's there learning, you go. Mike. He's, learning, he's learning Python. Shout out to Mike Curlin. He's, he's got that. He's got that ADD like me. <laughs> yeah. Question two, Walter McMichael asks, where did you get your medical degree? Oh, University of Phoenix online. Boom. Shout out to University of Phoenix, our, um, our new sponsor. Question three. <laughs> Michael Simeone. Dave, why do you love Giovanni Gallegos so much? Well, I just think when you've got a guy going really early uh, who is not guaranteed saves, you just got to do it. Greg Chiron. Sheeran. Do you go into drafts with certain guys off your board, regardless of how far they fall? Where does the value override the risk? And I think I paraphrased that question. I mean, I, I think you can tell from us on our show and other shows, we, there are guys that are definitely off our board regardless. Yeah. Um, we're probably, not, we're not, everybody has a value people. No, we everybody are not spread, spread the risk around to everybody. Um, you know, everybody has a price, you know, you want to diversify as much as you can. Uh, and no. it's, it, it, we're, even if guys that we don't like fall 10 rounds, we're, we're still not going to do it. And some people might not believe us, but we're, we're very staunch in that. We can, we can assure you that it's true. But there are differences, right? Like there's, yeah, just because we don't like guys doesn't mean like there's guys that we don't like at their ADP who will take if they fall. And then there's guys who we don't like, like I'm not taking Kershaw no matter where he falls. And I said the same thing about Lamette. Um, and, you know, Phil was like, well, if Lamette falls, I'm like, no, I'm not never picking Lamette. It's a waste of a pick. Uh, and he was. And it's just like some guys, there's just no, if I don't see a path to value, they're completely off my list, period. Edwin Turnage asks, late outfielders, Aaron Hicks, Jake Myers, or Chad Pinder? <sighs> I have a I have an Aaron Hicks problem a little bit still, yeah, but I've do. avoided I've avoided drafting him so far because I think he's still going way too early. I mean, dude, dude never plays. I I gotta stop and I, I have so far. So uh Jake Myers, I mean, coming off a pretty major injury. Uh yeah. wasn't a shoulder, yeah. Sh- torn labrum. Uh the surgery was in November. I, I mean, I can't imagine he's doing anything significant for at least two, two and a half, three months. No, I mean, which I'm is not, too bad because, like, not, yeah, he's, he's easily he's my very favorite solid. Yeah. of those yeah. guys. But yeah, I can't, the season. yeah. so right. none of those really, but Pinder, I guess. Right. I mean, just, yeah. Because he goes later. Playing, <laughs> but he's not even playing, you know, full time. He's, I mean, he's he'll a short side for lefties. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't like side. any of those guys really. Um, what nah, Yankees, the Yankees have a spot for Hicks? Like, who's in their outfit? They got Stanton Judge. Is 10 DH? They're paying Hicks no. till like you got you got Voight there for DHing. Oh, Rizzo's if, Rizzo's gone. So if they keep Voight, I don't know. And if, if Hicks is even upright, I mean, yeah, I love him, I but he can't he can't stay healthy at all. I mean, yeah, he's technically projected to be their starting center fielder according to fan Good, drafts, good luck, good luck. Yeah, you'll love get maybe Hicks, three hundred at bats. Yeah. What was that? Uh, you would nope. hope for that, I think. Yeah, three hundred. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that that would be best case. But that and that's a 450 ADP ish. I mean, that's a thirtieth yeah. round pick. That's not a throwaway pick, even though some people think it is. Right. Yo, I love Chad Pinder. Yeah, yeah. I, love I mean, he hits man. the ball hard. Yeah, I think um, like just Oakland because they're folding up shop, right? 
like they they signed two people before the shutdown and they settled um like pre-arp or whatever they they didn't go to arbitration with tony kemp and chad pinder and they're trading everyone and chad pinder can play third base shortstop second base right field left field i think chad pinder's gonna play everywhere it's a it's a new manager too so they might have a uh uh, a reason to try him out, but he's been there for a while and they still haven't given him full-time ABs. So maybe, maybe you're right though. I mean, they, was, are, they are cleaning house. So he was playing, like, I know the new manager, but I know uh, Melvin was extremely disappointed last season in season when he heard his knee running into a wall. Cause he said he was playing the best baseball he'd ever seen him play. Yeah. Like in Chad Pender's career. Um, and I, yeah. I have, I have been in on him at multiple times. So right. I, he's I been have, usable. Yeah, I, I if they if they're willing to give him more playing time, I'm I'm all for it. I mean, roster resources and projecting him to get platooned, but we we all know that the A's do that now. They have done that. We'll see if they continue it. But I mean, their bench doesn't inspire confidence. That's for sure. No. I mean, you got V Mail Machine and Sky Bolt, and despite the cool name, he kind of sucks. So, <laughs> <clears throat> last question, Brian Jenner. Do you approximate a roster construction value or penalty in the case of Freeman Alonzo based on a player's stolen bases, position, etc.? Or is it, or is done, it done by feel? It's, feel? it's just it's feel for me. I, I'm not a I'm not a guy that follows along very well with a set of projections because I, I don't really draft based off of them. They're they're kind of just a a a, a random guideline that I look at occasionally. So it, it's very feel based for me. And we're we're pretty good at approximating ranges on things like speed so we can kind of do that uh mentally as we're going i think we're pretty in tune with that yeah that's what he said like we don't you know i think he's saying like do you uh you know a lot of these people assign values around numerical values uh we don't do that we don't we don't use numerical values of any sort Uh, i would like to do something to automate the process to help me a little bit uh but as, as of right now and i work with i'm working with pony to hopefully do that at some point in the future but uh for right now yeah it's it we can just take kind of take a look and say okay this guy doesn't make any sense here because i can get you know 80 percent of him 150 picks later you know like uh pete alonzo or whatever you know jose abreu it's so easy to get most of what they give me later from another first baseman so there's just no reason to be taking that early i'm looking for the things early in the drafts that I can't get later in the drafts. I'm looking for speed. I'm looking for an ace. I'm looking for a closer. Uh, and if you're not giving me those things, then I, I'm not I'm probably not considering you. How, how long is this podcast? Like four hours? Yep. Uh, not quite. Not quite. This four is uh, it's, it's way too long for Mark Cerebro though. He's going to bitch. This is do, do some editing. Yeah. This, this is, is a, <laughs> this is yeah. a high stakes heat episode. <laughs> this is fucked. Um, <laughs> this, this, this episode is as fucked as DeGrom. Um, you just want to say that to, again. I might have to, I might have to break it up into, I might have to break it up into the Jeopardy and then the Joe and then post the, the Joe's, um, the, the post 600 guys. And then I was going to say, you might want to just do the post 600 guys as its own episode because yeah. that, that really dragged in the middle there. And I don't know how many people are going to care about Let's that. Let's talk about the, but editing. I do think that they're going to be what do you, people. Who that's do. the only reason we brought Joe on here. He's right well, no, 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 no. I think it should <laughs> be like, its own because like, the people. Like, I brought Joe I know, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be like, No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. I just think really that the, I don't think people give a shit about that. 
no, okay. no, uh, no. He's he's kind of right though because I remember I talked about Jarrett Walsh and Luke Voigt and those guys when they're in the minors, and no one no one picked up Luke Voigt or Jarrett Walsh when they're in the minors. No one gave a shit what I said. They're like, I think yeah, yeah, the crazy the crazy man speaking about AAA guys again. No, it's not. It has nothing to do with Joe. Uh, for sure, Joe had great information. I think the people who are into that are going to listen to it on its own. I don't know people who are listening for me and Jake are going to care about that. And like, cause we were bringing up minor leaguers too. And I, I don't know who's going to care about that. I don't know. It's up to you. Yeah, I think we're going to break this episode up and that, yeah, no, I, I, I think that's going to be a good, um, that's going to be a way to a good way to slice and dice it. Bye Graham. See you guys. See you Graham. See you Graham. Graham. Jake. Kisses Graham. Chef <laughs> kiss for Graham. Okay, boys. I got to go too. All right, buddy. I appreciate you spending a lot yes, more sir. time than more time than I deserve. Hey. This was our second longest pod. Wow. We only did one. We did the Next one to the John L. The John L. <laughs> four and 20 minute extravaganza. Yeah. Oh my God. That's insane. All right. Well, do you want to say where people can find you? Because no one. Sure. Totally. Go ahead. Uh, I'm at, I'm at the dust mite and Dave and I record together. High stakes heat. We still have to talk if we're doing a show tomorrow. We don't even know what it's going to be about, but we should. Uh, be doing- I, I gotta, I gotta finish up the SP streamer draft guide. So I'm, I'm uh, I mean, we don't well, even have a guest yet. So oh, I mean, yeah, I thought we could, uh, Jake, do, Jake, I, never mind. We'll talk. There's we'll a talk. lot of Jake suggestions Jake. under my uh, post because they said get this guy on, get this guy on. There's a lot of there's a lot of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm Jake, gonna reach I'm, out. I'm Jake throwing out the feelers until, now. Jake waits until the night before and then he's like, "Hey, so uh, what are we doing for tomorrow?" <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah, you can find me at Run D McD. Um, Joe, thanks so much for joining us, man. Uh, oh, yeah, it's good here. to meet you, Joe. Um, good to meet you. Sorry that it was a little disjointed today, but uh, yeah. That's how, that's how yeah. it is on this podcast. We've moved. Oh, that, that's okay. I, I got back from work and all of a sudden I saw a message from Zach saying, hey, you want to hop on a podcast? I was like, I'm not prepared, but I'll do it. <laughs> and we were not prepared either. No, he was like, it's a special guest. You're not going to see it coming. And yeah, we're I didn't like... tell them who, who's coming on. They were, they were afraid it was going to be like Mike the Mouth or someone else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Jake was quite afraid of that. I was very, I was very trembly. Yes. But were you pleasant? Were you pleasantly surprised from with our? Sure, group? I got to yeah, meet somebody absolutely. new. It was nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice right. to meet you guys. Yeah. Uh, Joe, want to say where your Twitter handle? Yeah, you can find me at Joe Gentile FT on Twitter um, and my random ramblings. And I don't know what work I do anymore in the fantasy community. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're our you're our post for you're our post six hundred uh, ADP correspondent t- uh, today. I love it. I absolutely. Okay, boys. Thanks again. I'm gonna I'm gonna take off. It's uh, it's been it's been it's been real. Thanks, Zach. All right. I'll yeah, talk yeah. to you guys later. See later, you, buddy. Bye. Right. Bye, guys. See you later. Bye.